0: Find us on Twitter at Superflex Show, and join us in the discussion of the fastest-growing format in all of fantasy football: Superflex on the Superflex Super Show. Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is, in fact, a member of the DLF family of podcasts. It's time to talk about Trey Lance. I've been going back and forth on this one on the live stream with Zach for for weeks now, and I don't know. Uh, the way the crossroads works is it's an open conversation we're just going to talk about it we're just going to talk about it okay I don't have a definitive answer here and increasingly the more I talk to people about their dynasty leagues and what to do in different situations I don't I don't think it's always good to have a definitive position. It's like trades. It depends on the trade. I can give you generic advice of who I want to buy and sell, but in my league, some things aren't going to work compared to your leagues, and it's not about who's sharp and who's not. It's about who is in your leagues and what kind of mood they're in sometimes. Um, and so, yeah, we're just going to keep the Dynasty Crossroads the same, uh, more of an open conversation about developing a process and learning as we go to try and improve and hit at a higher rate so we can win more Dynasty matchups on a weekly basis. That's it. we um, been going back and forward on this one a lot, as you can probably tell from the lateness of this podcast. But, you know, it's just time to do the thing.
1: Do you have the time to listen to me grind Take down the film watchers and nerds all at once I am one of those skeptical of status quo Basia to the bone, no doubt about it Sometimes I grind my Excel sheet Cold water on With the not
0: adding up, you it out. out, out. To the mm. You know no one's once commented on the fact I'm playing the Dynasty Grind theme song sung by Zachary to the Dynasty Dummies podcast and the, the Dynasty Crossroads intro that he or Dynasty, uh, sorry, uh, Gabe Gearing from the Open Bar podcast did, I, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. I've been feeling it for a while and I just, I keep like listening to it. So it stays anyway. Um, all right, let's do uh, some statistics. Pretend we're, we're actual data analysts for a second so that we can keep calling ourselves fake nerds. Um, Trey Lance year one, uh, he basically played three games. Actually, he's got four game starts, but he didn't throw a single pass in one, so let's ignore it. He played in week 4, 5, and 17. He scored 20.3 PPR points in week 4, 14.58, if you care, PPR points in week 5, and 19.06 PPR points in week 17. He basically rushed for lots of yards, which is where a majority of those PPR points came from he got 89 yards in week 5 41 yards in week 4 don't know why I did that in a weird order 27 yards in that week 17 and there's a whole bunch of context to that Uh, did Shanahan bench him why didn't he get the start why is Jimmy Garoppolo not traded yet and we're just gonna we're just gonna ignore it honestly because well it's fun and I see a lot of people having fun debating that kind of stuff my start of all my processes as if I have them all written down somewhere, is just to concentrate on the things that I know that I can prove have meaning and to form my opinion based on those, about how how confident I can feel about what they mean going forward. And the rest is just fun debate um, to have fun with, really. The core of it's always going to be that. So here's what I know matters for trailants. He was drafted with a top-five pick. He is very good at rushing. In the few games we've seen in the NFL, that's carried over, and that he is a rushing quarterback that the team intends to use in that fashion. Jalen Hurts style, Justin Fields style, both of which make interesting comparisons um, in terms of value right now. And he's in a good spot. He's on a good team that plans to use him, and he's going into his second season, and that second season, that's the second thing that's the second data point on the graph I can say I can definitely prove how often that matters and what the statistics around those data points are um, and have pretty high confidence that I know what they mean and that I can prove that they have an influence on what's more or less likely to happen going forward. So my brief dynasty take uh, before I get into why I'm making it complicated and difficult um on Trey Lance is the values right. He's currently being drafted as a top twelve dynasty quarterback. Um yeah, I think he's actually moved up according to keep trade cut into the top eight um overall in dynasty quarterback rankings, the community feels. Although it is fun to play around with keep trade cut, because while I do think something like it. If not it, uh, this is KeepTradeCut.com, by the way. It's a community voted ranking system that assigns points to uh, basically these three questions you answer on every page you go on. You keep, trade, or cut, play a one, two, or three. It's really interesting. It's basically been useless. Uh, I heard about it about a year ago. I found it wildly useless for a while now but increasingly as we keep using it and becomes a de facto reference point for value for many on twitter that i follow and i listen to and respect their opinion more people use it i think that makes it increasingly useful but there's still some fluffiness in it like recently dynasty outhouse put out one of his, I'm going to make trades. Twitter gets to decide if I accept or reject trades in my leagues. And he tells the league this, and everyone sends him offers. And I try not to take advantage of him when he does that. But I was interested in Chase Edmonds' value. He's one of the people I get questions on a lot, along with James Conner, weirdly. Um, He's a big dynasty trade, back and forth, apparently, right now. And Chase Edmonds is someone that I think is interesting not a lot of hype around him in my little bubble but I know there has been at some point and and there's more of an uncertain situation and we like to target running backs in those backfields and also he's just on my roster because I thought it was an interesting deeper running back from the class he was drafted in and anyway he has elevated value on keep trade cut he's like worth 3,000 points essentially a second round pick and Zekio Elliott is falling because he's old and Apparently, players can't play when they get old, as we don't know. But everyone knows. So I put a third-round pick, like the one o four, the one o the three o the three o one. And Chase Edmonds was valued as the same or greater than on Keep Trade Cut in their little trade calculator tool. It's pretty cool that, that you know, they've got a trade calculator in these community voting rankings for free. You can use you just go to the website. You can use it, um, and yeah, I recommend checking it out. But anyway, um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, I, I sent that trade off. Chase Edmonds and the three hundred four, which was about. Equal, In fact, I think it was slightly greater than Chase, uh, Ezekiel Elliott's value on keep trade cut. It was summarily voted against on Twitter, uh, which I expected. That's a terrible trade for Ezekiel Elliott in my estimation. Like I like I Even now, I like Chase as a deeper running back person on my roster, which is most of the running backs I have on my rosters at this point. Um, but that's a terrible trade for Ezekiel Elliott going into 2022. And it's interesting because something like a trade calculator or even keep trade cut this community voted system has him way too high um or elliot way too low make your own judgment but anyway there's still some fuzziness to the numbers but it is interesting but i uh, because i'm finding it interesting and it's free that's what i'm referring to when i'm talking about their value right now for trey lance fields to a uh, everyone i mentioned today just because i thought it'd be interesting to use and um, instead of just going straight to dlf adp which is fairly similar anyway right now. All right, where was I? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Trey Lance's value, right. Um, he's valued as a QB8 in Dynasty overall value. And I think it's right. The upside is there to justify it. So why do I keep feeling squeamish and making Zach Reed mad on the weekly Dynasty grind in our live stream every week, every time he comes up? It's because I... Like upside shots, and there's always upside shots at low value. That's not it's what's replaced sleepers for me. It's proven players who are lower in value because of age, or players that I think are undervalued because they are a little... The community's a little disappointed for more, too exaggerated a reason. That's one of the reasons I'm Rondell Moore. His rookie season was bad, But it wasn't terrible, and overall the values dropped on him a little bit too far, I feel. Not as bad as it dropped on Tyler Boyd, and Tyler Boyd had a much better rookie season, but it's still comparable, I think. He's worth the second-round pick. I've managed to trade for him in two different leagues, in my opinion, because of the upside. If it busts, it was a mistake, but... that's where I'm at. What's replaced sleepers for me is players that are dropping in value for, I think, exaggerated reasons, whether it's because of their age or anything else. So, when it comes, in like fact, I read an article from um, John, uh, John Moore, uh, RotoViz fame, one of the first people I really got in depth learning about breakout age and age adjusted statistics from at RotoViz. Um, And then he wrote an article once about how he didn't dislike older players. He disliked badly age-adjusted players. That's not... The title of the article is something like that. I can link it somewhere if you want to read it. It's a really good one. And his point was he didn't hate players because they were drafted into the NFL later, which is why I'm still really hesitant and just don't like the late breakout age stuff or the late declare stuff of rookie wide receivers. Because I think it misses a point. It's not that they're older and coming into the NFL. It's what you do at the ages that you play that matters, and that's where I first came into contact with the age-adjusted graphs that I now put out for you. And Zeno, at Zeno is my name. Zeno is my dot name. That probably sounded really clever when he came up with it, but it makes those graphs for you of plotting players at their ages compared to players that have gone on to do well. The average. Um, of their yards per team pass attempt on the market share of receiving yards. You can choose any stat you want because he knows better at this than me and he took my concept and blew it up and it's definitely worth checking out as well. But why am I talking about this? It's because it's not that I don't like taking upside shots and it's not that I don't like older players in the top 12. I was arguing this week with Zach and... Russ, about Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams, and I love both players, they're on Team Old Guy, and Zach, as you may, if you go back and listen to the, I think it made the shorter cut they made for this Crossroads feed, Zach saying, aren't you on Team Old Guy? I am, it's not that I like older players, but I don't like older players in the top 12, because I know next year, doesn't matter what they do really, they're going to fall in value. Um, And eventually a down year comes. It's Adam Hardstead, you flick a coin, and that season they just might have an injury or a down season. It's not that the talent disappears, but that can happen. And increasingly as you get older, um, that coin is a little more likely to hit on one of those bad years. And if you have a bad year at an older age, you're you're DeAndre Hopkins right now. So I like playing Dynasty as Redraft, but adjust it in the same way that I don't, Dislike older players. I dislike bad age adjustments. I don't like. It's not that I don't like older players. I don't like older players in the top twelve. It's context driven, I guess you could say. And in the same way, I love upside shots. I don't like paying for upside shots, especially when talking general dynasty. In if in my league, I am one top five. Like that's all I need. I need a top five quarterback. You should definitely take the shot. On Trey Lance. It, it's, it's a really good bet, and let's say why. That's what I'm starting to do. Trey Lance, the things that I know and can prove and have pretty good confidence that they matter and they are worth listening to. Being drafted inside the top five at quarterback is a big deal and we tend to think in terms of rounds for all of the positions and some sometimes we tend to forget to make this adjustment but being a first round quarterback pick is very different to being a top five quarterback pick just in terms of overall hit rate and again I'm staying strictly to things that have a clear and persistent signal as mattering things that I can prove and we've talked about it before being drafted inside the top five especially but top 10 top 12 works and it's Again, not that you don't get Aaron Rodgers coming later or Russell Wilson being drafted way too late or Tom Brady coming from the sixth round from downtown, of course. But when we're talking about consistent hit rates, if you know nothing else, where they're drafted within the first round has a significant effect on their likelihood to have fantasy success and the degree to which they have fantasy success. That matters for sure. Two, rushing. Yes, the edge is pretty much dried up now. But rushing as a quarterback has value. Even the non-rushing quarterbacks are rushing quarterbacks these days in that they are adding value with their legs, whether it's, t- whether it's Tom Brady, one-yard scrimmage, push, touchdown, thingy majiggies which names I forget, QB sneak, or Ryan Tannehill being a wide receiver at one point, and that once being an edge. And quarterbacks add with their legs, even if they're not, Lamar Jackson even if they're not Cam Newton increasingly so in fact there's very few in the NFL that are anyway decent and that's one of the concerns with Mac Jones he has to be one of those older school quarterbacks who added virtually nothing with his legs although he adds more than most of those old school quarterbacks did um, and yet can do it through passing if he's going to get inside the top 12 at some point. That's a different conversation, but yeah, that's the concern on him, that most, even the arm-rushing quarterbacks do it with the legs, and Trey Lance is on the opposite end of the spectrum, he runs, and even in these three games, and that's part of the real why we can only pretend to be statistical analysts in these three games, I mean, I dug in a little bit, but I got very tired of it, because we're dealing with a three-game sample and a loopy ass year, with Jimmy Garoppolo on the team, and... Yeah, I, I, there aren't many worse quarterback, first-year quarterback seasons than Trey Lance if you include him in a list of first-year, first-round quarterbacks. It's pretty much Zach Wilson. In fact, all the quarterbacks from last year just had terrible year. I was looking at Pacer. I went and looked up a stat called a Pacer, which is basically um, passer rating but adjusted for depth of target. Uh, Josh Hernsmeyer that's what he does. He adjusts everything for depth of target, and he just used air yards instead of um, passing attempts. Essentially, and I went and calculated that. And yeah, Zach Wilson is basically the only player quarterback drafted in the first round since 2018 to have a worse year than Trey Lance. Um, completion percentage-wise, it still comes out of that. I mean, you can make some case some comparisons to Josh Allen, and I dug into it a little bit further than that, but essentially, after a few hours, I was like, I'm really talking about a three-game sample. It doesn't matter what I come up with. The ultimate answer is, it's a three-game sample, and even if you look at breakout hit rate or breakout year, I'll tell you what, let's look at breakout year, because we've been doing that a little bit on YouTube, and on Twitter, when do players break out for wide receiver and running back and tight end, something we discuss every offseason, and I use to highlight potential breakouts before the next season begins, um, yeah quarterbacks don't do it in year 1 like 5% of quarterbacks who break out into the top 5 ever do it in their first year like no, none of them basically 42% of them do it in their second year so the second year for Trey Lance matters and that would be a typical path um plenty actually do it in their third year like 20 20- of all breakouts into the top five at quarterback happen in your third year, then 10% and 10% in year four and five, so there's a pretty steady breakout rate. Again, quarterbacks have a longer window, not overly panicked if they haven't made it into the top five by year three even, because year five is just as likely as year four, just looking at their career year. But something that occurred to me when thinking about Trey Lance, um, you know, basically I'm peering at edge and I'm teaching myself to suck eggs if that works, because I don't like paying for the upside. Like, I want to take Jalen Hurts' value below um, Trey Lance right now, and it's the exact same argument, but. San Francisco, and Shanahan. That's the difference outside of this top five pick. And that top five pick does matter, which is why I'm starting there. But what I was wondering about is, do they break out at a different rate inside the top five? I've never seen a breakout by career year based on a draft pick. And the ultimate conclusion is, no, not really. They are much more likely to finish inside the top 12 and top 24 in year one inside the top five because you've got... Russell Wilson and you've got Tom Brady and you know Aaron Rodgers was drafted outside the top 5 these guys were drafted just a little bit outside that perfect range who break out and they sit behind other players or even Patrick Mahomes who was drafted outside the top 5 as well Um, he took a year, you know Alex Smith balled out for a year, actually had one of his best years before Patrick Mahomes only played one game in his rookie year, you remember the story, It's actually you probably remember that one because it's very recently so yeah, it doesn't ultimately affect it, but you are much more likely to finish inside the top 12 and top 24 in year one. And in fact, slightly more likely in year one to be in the top five, like 9% versus 5%. But that's basically one player, okay, out of players drafting the top five picks. But it, did, it didn't discourage me from thinking we're trying to borrow Signal from his draft capital and ignore Signal from his situation. Because his situation is weird. He did get sat not behind a great quarterback. He got sat behind Alex Smith, uh, poor man's Alex Smith, and it's fine. It, that's part of the narrative side of it. That's why Zach Reed is insisting that the upside is there because he's right. But at this point, you have to pay for it, um, and that's where I go to value. I mean, I put out a t- thread on Twitter, and I was trying to isolate how much of his value as a QB eight in Dynasty right now. Is the draft pick and the rushing and the good team, I would say that's a fair point as well, I can prove that it matters overall, good coaching staff, whatever. Um, How much of it is that? And how much is it narrative-based? And so I was like, what about a good team outside the top five? And so I put out a thread saying, what if he went to the Colts in the second round? Because I had Clyde Edwards-Lay and Jonathan Taylor in my head, actually. um. And had the exact same season sitting behind, you know, whoever it was, Wentz last year. And now Wentz is still on the roster. But Trey Lance is pretty much the de facto. My idea was Trey Lance was a de facto starter, but they haven't gotten rid of Wentz. And it's still a good team. But the draft capital and the landing the landing spots are the same. The draft capital and the rushing is still there. And instead, I just made people mad because all they saw was that second round pick. And I was like, well, call it pick twelve. Call it pick 15. How far down in the first round do you have to get before he falls out the top 12? Because that's where I would have no problem. Like, if he was outside the top 12 in Dynasty, I'd be like, yeah, obviously it's the upside. People are sleeping on, and it's not really a sleeper, it's an undervalued upside. And Trey Lance, but they're not. They're accurately putting him inside the top 12 because of that upside, and so I'm trying to tweak out if it's time to play the player instead of the game that poker aspect of dynasty football, which is at some point you read the room instead of reading the board. And I I think a lot of him being inside the top 12 is Shanahan. It is the 49ers. It is stuff that isn't part of that core group of things which provide him access to that upside and give us all the hope that he can do it. And this is also awkward because I'm really rooting for all play. I'm really rooting for Trey Lance to do this. And it's really awkward as well because I know I have Trey Lance in my Superflex leagues. I don't. Full disclosure, it's not like I'm saying, and so I am trading Trey Lance. I'm having an open conversation. If you have him on your roster, what do you do? And I think it's worth exploring because I think the downside is underweighted in his value right now because his value is where it should be, if that makes sense. Because he's accurately valued, I think people are inclined to trade for him instead of Jalen Hurts, who has top five upside and people are inclined to trade him away. Now, a lot of that is very narrative-y and really dependent on your league, but I generally feel that's where I am. And so my first thought was I'd go to the keep trade calculator and prove that it's better to trade for... Jalen Hurts plus and it's not because the market is fairly efficient and based on the average of keep trade cuts say so you can get just you can get um Jalen Hurts and a 2024 second round pick for Trey Lance and it's essentially the same bet but the 2024 second means nothing I mean it means something especially if you're rebuilding which is why I'd still think about trading him but ultimately, the average is telling us that it's not worth trading down to Jalen Hurts. Conversely, Ryan McDowell just put out a trade thread. And of like I was back and forward on all of them. It was who would you trade Trey Lance for, essentially. Or no, it was who would you trade Tua for, I think. And it was Tua versus every other quarterback. And when it became Hurts, people wanted Tua more than Hurts. And, and, and me and uh, uh, Cooper... Decided, I've sent that offer everywhere I have to Otonga by I have sent an offer for Jalen Hurts, straight up. Because I will take that. Let's see if my McDowell's tweet thread can do me a favor here. But anyway, that's not the kind of trade we're talking about. The market is smart enough that Jalen Hurts is actually valued. It's 900 points, but apparently that's just worth a 24 second. So screw it. That's not worth it. But if I could trade for Justin Fields, which is the same bet without the Shanahan shine, shall we call it, and without the top five draft pick, which is the thing that really matters, to be fair. But he added as much rushing expected points as Trey Lance did. And now again, we're talking about a three-game sample, but that's one of the things that struck me. Justin Hertz was getting like 3.1 rushing expected points, and Trey Lance was getting like 4.3, I think. But Justin Fields was more efficient at it, so essentially they were getting as much points from the rushing game Uh, At the same time, even though Trey Lance was being provided more opportunity to score rushing points. And I thought that was interesting. But if I can get Tua, not right now apparently, or Justin Fields and a first, especially on a rebuilding team, I think that's really interesting. Again, if you're on a competitive team and you are strongly in contention for next year, which we should always be trying to build our roster towards being competitive this year, because this is the year that matters, but we're mid-off season, so I still get to talk like this, then I would strongly consider it. Not necessarily Justin Fields, try for Jalen Hurts, go down the list. How much can I get on top? And the further down the list you go, the more that you want on top um, of whatever other quarterback it is. But right now, I think because he's valued accurately and people are inclined to believe it based on keep trade cut, I am interested in selling Now, at a certain point, I'm not sure how much this is me playing the Dynasty content creator game and how much this is me playing my leagues. Because again, I have full disclosure, I don't have him in my leagues. This is not advice I can say I am following outside of the fact I'm not sending a lot of offers on Trey Lance, which if he was valued lower, if he was valued where Hertz is right now, in Superflex leagues, I'd be sending offers. As I would on Jalen Hertz right now to test the market, to see if they are over or under where the average says that most people are. It's actually very familiar. Like, this is really frustrating the way he played Dynasty, by the way. Gone are the days where this stuff is fun, because I got to believe in sleepers. Like, Juju, Smith, Schuster, a direct comparison right here. I want Juju on all of my rosters. But whoever's telling you to sell Juju right now, ask how much for because I think everyone is pretty much at the same place in terms of likelihoods of him being a top 12 wide receiver next year. Now, some offers I've seen in the Discord and on Twitter disagree with that. To be fair, something I was also... Fa- I mean, trades are awkward. That's that's unfair too. Because I don't have any firsts to trade. And so I'm trying to offer late first round value. And they don't want late first round value. They want a first round pick. You have to get... You have to give people something that they want. And I might have the value of that, but I don't have the thing that they want. So that's a little unfair too. to be fair. I'm just mad. I want to trade for Juju everywhere. And this is why I'm drawing a comparison. Trey Lance. So here's where I'm at in Trey Lance. I'm not sure I'm not paying the content creator game here. If I want to look back and say, ha ha ha. I told you there was downside in Trey Lance because it's not an, a move I can honestly make. The upside is definitely there. The signal that I would need to believe he is going to break inside the top five and be incredibly difference-making quarterback next year, it's actually all there. Process says, the process I have for quarterbacks, which is very scant, you'll notice, is all lined up. I just think there are also players with that upside going at later value, and I would explore my leagues to see if anyone else is willing to pay up to the top eight quarterback value in Dynasty because I tend to play things cautious and lead towards value, especially when giving generic advice for other leagues, right? Um, and so that's where I'm leaning right now. It's, it does feel a little content creator but honestly, I think if I had Trey Lance, I would explore those trades. In the same way that if I had Juju right now, I would be exploring those trades, but... I still believe there's a high likelihood that they do break into this significant difference-making category. So it's not like I want to, but if someone else is willing to secure the bag, as it were, to take the risk while giving me all the value, and the fact that Trey Lance is valued as a quarterback eight in Dynasty right now tells me that doesn't tell me. I suspect there is someone in your league who is willing to pay what he will be worth if he does it. Now, the only quarterbacks really in a different value tier above him are the big boys. It's Patrick Mahomes, it's Josh Allen, it's Lamar Jackson. I think Kyler Murray's maybe in there, but Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, especially Joe Burrow, that's where I, I don't like their value either. The ones above that... Strongly in, right? Those are difference making quarterbacks with a high likelihood of having those different making points. Or, yes, those are the quarterbacks I consider drafting early in round one or two of a super flex draft. After that, I start going to other positions, which is again why Trey Lance falls into this category for me of players I don't draft and don't trade for. But if I have them and if I have the pick, I'm interested in trading back or trading away for full value, but only for full value. Because Trey really does have all the signal going with him. How useful was this as an open conversation? Again, I think the things I have to add, if I have anything to add to this conversation, is one, the things that matter for estimating the upside of quarterback definitely matter. Having a very high early first round pick. Obviously those hits come from outside, as we mentioned earlier, with Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Holmes being drafted outside the top five. But... It's a thing I definitely can see has a consistent and persistent trend of providing a more li- higher likelihood of that upside. Um, Two, they have to add significantly or somewhat significantly in the rushing game, and Trey Lance has that in spades. And three, I would like to see them on a coaching staff I believe is going to implement them well. This is where Justin Fields actually falls down slightly. Uh, also the draft capital argument. Those things definitely matter. Trey Lance has all of them lined up. I just think his value is also influenced by the narrative before and after those three things. And so I think people are more inclined to trade for him than Jalen Hurts, who's actually valued on that keep trade, trade calculator within the same range, a different tier. I think he's in tier five and Train Lance is in T4, but li- literally the difference when you put them in the trade calculator is a 2024 first, second round pick, which to me means there's not much difference in them, but people are more inclined to trade for the value of Train Lance right now. So I will consider exploring it. The third thing is, and I've talked about this with Zach as well, and he wants to argue that top 12 is good enough, I don't think it is. Psychologically, and this is very much navel-gazing at league mates that aren't mine, they're yours, so you take a guess. But I think if he's not Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes next year, that level of difference maker at the quarterback position, I think we're disappointed. Not because the points are bad or because he played badly, but because we're so in as a community, as an average ADP or tra- keep-trade value, that if we don't get those difference-making points, we're going to feel a little cheapened. It's, it's Dak Prescott being a top-five quarterback twice and is still being a little iffy on him on having top-five upside. It just feels a little different. He, di- he didn't feel it, right? Um, and, you know, he's lower-drafted, whatever. It's Jalen Hurts having done what we hope Trey Lance can do. But maybe they move on from him because it didn't look as particularly good as, you know, Lamar Jackson does. Or he didn't pass as well as Josh Allen did come that second year. Whatever. And if it's good enough, but not good enough, I think... I don't know if that value drops. It'd still be a top 12 dynasty quarterback. But I think some of that enthusiasm might drop away. It might be harder even if he hits. To get the same value you can right now. And so I think the downside is a little underrated. Because even if he performs well. But doesn't produce you know, Josh Allen level points next year. That the inclination for people to believe in the upside he will fade. Not his value necessarily. Just the inclination to trade for him. And again in your league that inclination might not already be there. And you can see how I'm really trying to squeeze... My I feel a little uncertain about this valuation. He's he's becoming at the right value, but there's no discount. Um, and I'm really trying to squeeze everything without being too um what's the word? Navel gazy I've used, or too um value hawky, or too content creatory or all these different terms I've used to essentially mean I want to be out on Trey Lance, but honestly it's all these ancillary reasons that are connected to the three things that matter to me, but it's mostly, I kind of reading the, reading the room instead of the board. It feels to me like people are a little exaggeratedly excited about his upside. And I think, I don't think they're basing it primarily in the things that we definitely know matter. I think they're basing it on this all sounds great. Carl Shanahan is a genius The San Francisco 49ers are are a rushing team, which doesn't even matter, by the way. And also, I would contend isn't exactly true. Like, we're filling it with all these narratives, which makes me think there's extra value in there, even if he does really well next year. So, I don't know. I'm not telling you to definitely do that. I'm definitely not selling you to sell high on Trey Lance. I'm saying if you can sell high plus on Trey Lance, I definitely think it's there. If your team is nowhere near contention, I would definitely trade Trey Lance because you should be looking. If you're more value-minded already, or do that. However, you know, I have to see the trade. You have to get at least three first-round pick value, and I'm talking one of them has to be in the top four in terms of overall value, um, to to consider it, even if you're a rebuilding team. Um, Anyway, that's why I keep having these very angry comments. I think people are very angry whenever you just question. Like, I'm not questioning the player. I'm not saying he's not good enough at all. I literally wouldn't know. Also, I don't care. Um, Primarily, I don't care. I want to read my Fantasy League, and I just... It's a sense. That's why I'm uncomfortable with it. That's why it's such a really talky episode on just this one player. It's a sense that there is a little too much hype in the valuation, even though the valuation is accurate. You know? The the upside really is there. He really could keep cutting up between 40 and 80 rushing yards a game, Lamar Jackson-esque. And last year, he didn't even score any rushing touchdowns. Like, a rushing touchdown every other game... And his passing completion being, you know, Josh Xiao in the year one. He was a little better than that. Um, but his pace was a little worse. The rate at which he was converting passing air yards to passing re- receiving yards was uh, a little worse. But, you know, it's a three-game sample. Who cares? Um, all right. I don't know if this episode is interesting. I'll never do one of these talkie episodes again if you let me know it wasn't. So please let me know. Um... Yeah, alright, I'm getting out of here, sorry this episode's late, um, back to the res- regular schedule for next week, I just kind of took a few days off next week, I wasn't taking them off, I was just not making things, I was more just reading and enjoying the community a little bit, because honestly... Yeah, the grind grinds sometimes, and I guess I just needed a little semi-break, and so I, I, I ghosted a little bit, I just passengered along in the community for a second, and it was a lot of fun for me. um. But back to it. I uh, really appreciate you all. Let me know if there's a particular subject or a particular person you want to hear me talk to on the crossroads, because that's, that, that's the thing I've been asking myself, who do I want to talk to next? Um, and I will see you again on the live stream on Wednesday, and then for a regular scheduled Pog Dynasty Crossroads episode next Monday. Really appreciate it. Take care. Have a good week. Get get all the train lamps or don't, I guess. Thanks very much. Bye. Yeah. Chicken a
1: crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run phone, so. Jake on the table, and they on the place, no. Oh. enumerates the place, are analytical. Look at my nose, don't really know if I like that Picking their brains, got their in lanes, but I like that. Yeah. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Nice. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight. Back and forth, there is no order. They disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars. Dropping bombs without no borders. Stick got that eye, like like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a cross. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold. So Jake on the table and ape on the place though. Pete and Numa, it's the place they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold. So Jake on the table and Naple on a place though. Pete and Numa, it's the place they're analytical.